Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, brought to you by the TeacherCast Educational Network. If you are in charge of professional development and looking to build an innovative digital learning experience, this is the podcast for you. Join us each week as we uncover strategies that tech coaches are using to drive their digital transformations one classroom at a time. And now for your host, with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today at Making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 242. And today we've got a great topic, a fantastic guest. Today I've got my question for you, which is, what is a digital learning curriculum? Now, I know when I say that, you might come up with different answers for yourself of, well, using a digital learning tool or using technology or, hey, I've got a Chromebook. That's a digital learning curriculum. Well, today we're going to be discussing what it is, how does it work, specifically what it isn't, and how you can support your teachers in creating one along with building your building's digital brand. I want to remind you guys, we've got some great things happening each and every week over the TeacherCast Instructional Coaches Network. Head on over to askthetechcoach.com. Scroll down to the bottom. We've got three amazing opportunities. One on Facebook, which has more than 1,500 instructional coaches right now. Lots of great conversations on there as far as what to do in the classroom. We've also got a more professional one happening over on LinkedIn. We talk about more administrative stuff. And if you're looking to be more tech director-ish, I guess you would say, you can head on over to the one over at k12leaders.com. We're talking really how does an instructional coach fit in with the tech director world, with the director of world. Lots of great stuff. No matter what kind of instructional coach you are, you're looking to be or would like to become one day. We have some great stuff hanging out over at askthetechcoach.com. Thank you guys for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. My guest today is a returning guest to Ask the Tech Coach. She is a CTE expert. She's also a fantastic podcaster, and I'm excited to call her my good friend, Miss Barb Scully. Barb, how are you today? Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Thank you so much, Jeff. Glad to be here. Yeah, no, my podcast is connectfcsed.com or, you know, your favorite streaming devices, but you can always find it on all social media platforms that way. No, but uh, I am a family and consumer sciences educator, CTE, so that career and technical education component that is becoming quickly the graduation pathway for many school districts, at least here in the state of Washington. And yeah, no, I'm glad to be here. And I'm so excited to be supporting you and all of your endeavors. You're doing amazing work. I'm excited to have you here. We've been having an opportunity the last couple of days to talk a little bit about these subjects because you know, as a coach, I've had an opportunity to help build uh, family and consumer science rooms, programs. Uh, remember a couple of years ago, I had a chance to work within a budget to build out a, a, a kitchen. We kind of did our own high school version of Kitchen Stadium and putting all these things together. And I love working with coaches 
who are supporting CTE programs, right? Because digital learning is in there. CTE standards are just as important as math, science, social studies standards. And there is a place in the ISTE standards world to support all of that stuff. I got to ask you before we get into our topic today, what should a coach be thinking about when working with a family and consumer science educator, when thinking about CTE standards? I mean, we do a lot of time with our ISTE standards for students and educators, but it's a different world, but it's not too much of a different world. Uh, that's a fantastic question. So when it comes to supporting CTE, it is really going into understanding each uh, content areas standards. So either national standards or if they have state adopted standards uh, from those national standards. It's really understanding that and then the workaround of like their scope and sequence of all of the all of their own digital learning, right? Uh, that they have as a the teacher is having to handle. Um, but you know, you have to really you have to go back and look at the advisory committees because it's our advisory committees within CTE that are really the driving force to helping our students obtain those future careers that you know they're in essence studying for right now. Making sure that instructional coaches are not just focused on those core subjects, but, you know, getting into the family and consumer rooms, getting into the music rooms, getting into the gifted and talented rooms. If you're a coach out there and you happen to form a bond or, you know, you've got your BFFs in these non-core subjects, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to actually invite you to come on to the show to discuss this. I recently was working in an elementary building where one of my besties was our G&T teacher. She told me so much about, you know, gifted and talented, how it works, how do you test for things? And then I started taking some of those skills, some of those ideas, some of those check fours, and I started bringing that into my fifth grade classrooms and my fourth grade classrooms to try to work with those kids who didn't make the gifted tests, but still deserve to be challenged at a higher level than they might have already been. So working with teachers through some of those GNT subjects, it was some of the best coaching and the best experiences that I've ever done with both teachers and students. What do you think? Oh my gosh, yes. And especially for, I, I can only talk about for my experiences and that is within CTE for FCS and here in my state of Washington, it is, CTE is becoming quickly becoming the graduation pathway for students. And that is a lot for our gifted and talented or your special education students. Mm -hmm. uh, that is their exit ticket per se of to meet those graduation standards. And that is within CTE. So I find it it's really important for uh, teachers from all all content areas to become besties and be able to cross promote and collaborate for all students to succeed of course when we're looking at creating content for our teachers when we're looking at building a bridge from kindergarten through 12th grade and beyond 
I think it's really critically important that we not only look at those core subjects, but we build in the CTE support, the music support, the G&T support, all of that stuff. And that's why today we're going to be talking all about this creation of a digital learning curriculum. Now, Barb, some people might say, well, instead of digital learning curriculum, let's just call it the learning curriculum. And, and you know, there's a time and place to argue that, too. But for the purpose of our conversation today, I really want to start to define what is this curriculum? How does it work? I think there's some words that are thrown around that some people might not get the definition of or some people might think are defined differently. So we're going to take a moment today to kind of define some of these things and start to see if we can put some pieces together for you. You know, Barb, specifically, this show is called Ask the Tech Coach. If there's anything that we're talking about today, please feel free to reach out. Please feel free to let us know. You can always go over to askthetechcoach.com. Um, use our feedback form. You can find us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. We want to hear from you and get your feedback on all of this stuff and, and really make sure that we are doing you a great service each and every week. And if you like the show, please hit that subscribe button. Share this with your friends. Here's my question to you. This is one that I've been struggling with. This is one that I recently was talking about to some of my uh, ISTE uh, community leader friends. But it's the definition of the term digital learning curriculum. When I say that to you, Barb, what comes to mind? Well, immediately I think of, oh, is it accessible online, right? That's (laughs) inherently, that's what we've all as educators have pivoted towards going due to what COVID um, where it's like, is it accessible online? Does that, but the question then goes to, is that the only thing that makes it actually a digital curriculum? No, by no means. Absolutely. No. And, and I'm glad that that was the first thing that you said, right? Because I think for many, that is the answer. So when we say digital learning curriculum, Barb automatically went to, it's a curriculum online. And, you know, if we jump back to talking about things like the SAMR model, and we look at, you know, that S stands for substitution, putting your paper curriculum online does not, in my opinion, make it a digital learning curriculum. It might make it a digital learning curriculum, <laughs> right? But that Dig- doesn't digitally accessible. Digitally accessible, right? When I'm looking at this term, I'm looking at this being a roadmap, right? And that's how we're going to use this definition today. So, a digital learning curriculum really is this roadmap for supporting the instruction of curricular activities through the use of digital learning tools and instructional strategies. I want to say that one more time so we're kind of all in the same place. It is a roadmap. It is a plan. It is something that is deliberately put together, not just by the coach, although it has to start somewhere, but it has to be something that is agreed upon by teachers, by administrators. It is a roadmap for supporting the instruction of curricular activities through and we talk about that word through a lot, through the use of digital learning tools and instructional strategies. Now, take a moment. That That is a little bit different, right? Now, what isn't it, right? It's not, I have a laptop, I use it to do my homework. Like, that's not really a digital learning curriculum, 
right? It's not taking a photo of something and putting it on a presentation and saying, look, I'm doing that. Those to me, those are more those S's, right, Barb? Like that's that's the SAMR model saying I can do it on paper, but now I'm doing it on a Google Doc. Like that's that's not a digital learning curriculum. What do you th- what do you think? No, absolutely. And I think it's about um, so digital learning curriculums. I think you have to take a step back a little bit and realize that when educational technology was first introduced into the classroom, the primary purpose was to expose students to technology. But today, our students, they've grown up with technology. They know how to do so many more things than what I'll be the first one to admit. My kids, my own personal kids, know how to do some other things than that I know how to do. So it's really understanding the uh, the strengths within digital curriculums and trying to in having students to um, oh. I think it's just more about exposing them to other learning options. It, it is. And I, and I, I look at this from the it's deliberate, right? Mm-hmm. So can a coach work with the fifth grade teacher and create a digital learning curriculum? Um, maybe, but it's bigger than the fifth grader. Right. It's bigger than just going in one or two times, maybe doing a coaching cycle, something like that. Right. It's knowing that when I work with that fifth grade teacher throughout this particular year, I'm doing so knowing that I'm building the skills for sixth grade Mm -hmm. because in sixth grade, I'm working at the sixth grade level. And I know that if I can get my fifth graders to a point, then next year I'm going to have an easier time with my sixth grade teacher. Now in, in a, in in a few weeks, we are going to actually talk a little bit about, you know, vertical alignment. How do you create this? How do you build a ladder from K 12? Um, so that way, you know, kindergartners and first graders learn this second and third grades. We're going to devote an entire episode to that. And if you're interested in being a guest on that show or, or, or contributing to that show in any way, please let us know. Find me on Twitter at ask the tech coach, but today it really is just about finding those building blocks. Right. And I find that there's a lot of confusion out there when it comes to digital learning curriculum, right? They say, Oh, my kids know all about this stuff. They are doing it in school. But I think that a digital learning curriculum is something that the coach is running, not something that the teachers are running. For instance, when I walk into a a building, I know that my social studies teachers are working on this. My math teachers are working on this. My third grade teachers are working on this. Uh, We just got Desmos. So how do I bring that in? How am I manipulating my curriculum when I am teaching my teachers who in turn are my students? So the whole idea of the curriculum is what am I being responsible for? What am I the teacher of? And how am I sharing that? And how am I keeping track of that? You know, the student learning objectives, the SLOs, that really is the teacher. The teacher is the, is the student in that respect. And how do we create that? That's where that whole concept of it's the roadmap for supporting the instruction. So yeah. I'm the coach. I'm supporting you. But I'm doing it on a bigger level than just in front of me. 
I've got a whole roadmap out there. What do you think? Well, it's about, you know, uh, customizing curriculum and adding uh, mixed grade level content like what you're talking about. So where you're reaching down and pulling up. Uh, and then it, you're providing learners with more opportunities for equity and personalization and, and especially where equipping our educators to meet those learners' needs um, the way that they need to be instructed. Um, digital, I get, our digital curriculum, it's about creating, engaging, and productive learning experiences uh, across whatever your educational system is. Now, when we're looking at different terms and when we're trying to convey this concept and conversation to, you know, our administrators, maybe at a PD session, digital learning, digital literacy, and digital citizenship. Often at times, these are confused terms. And I get it. They all have the same adjective, right? Let's just take a quick moment here, right? Digital learning, I look at as the art of instruction, the art of learning through a digital means, right? It is the, I'm running the math curriculum, but I'm doing so with your Chromebook, right? Mm -hmm. How would you define digital learning, right? Like, you, you know, you know what it is. You've been doing it for a while, right? <laughs> Barb? You're yeah. on the spot right now. What is digital learning out in Washington? Digital learning is where, yes, your lessons are fully accessible online and where it's they are vetted, they, they meet rigor, they meet your competencies and standards. Um, and, and as all of the, like maybe uh, digital activities. You could have your, let's say quizzes or cahoots or anything like that. So Barb, another word that we get confused with often, you know, in addition to digital learning is digital literacy. And I think there is a difference between digital learning and digital literacy, right? Like learning is what are we going to learn? But and, and literacy really is the skills based, right? So it's the difference between being the curriculum person and the digital learning person, right? Curriculum is the what, digital learning is the how, right? So when I say digital literacy, um, or if I say my kids are digital literate, uh, what does that mean to you? Well, it just means that they know how to read, comprehend, and uh, have actionable goals towards um, executing whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. Um, the literacy is, it's truly being able to listen, process, and then do an output. And when I look at digital literacy, I look at, you know, what what are students able to do mm -hmm. when we start at the beginning? It's things like mouse skills, drag and drop, pointer, clicks, you know, all those different things. And then in, when you hit the middle school levels, fourth and fifth grade, maybe you're talking research skills. When you get up to the next, you're talking, you know, other things that make you, you know, spreadsheets, video things, audio editing, the, the different things that you can do to show off. So if learning is the topic literacy is the how do you show the topic or how do you demonstrate the, the show on the topic 
Yeah. And it's just like, so in high school, we had tech literacy and that's where students were understanding uh, the how to create, let's say, PowerPoints, presentations, how to, just like what you're saying, Excel, uh, Word, being able to go in and show off what they know. Now, juxtapose that just a little, right? Learning is the topic. Literacy is the skill. Citizenship, I look at as the responsibility behind, right? Yeah. If a student knows how to type, they can go onto a chat room. So digital citizenship comes in and goes, should we, shouldn't we, how should we, why should we, where should we, with whom should we, and, and, and what's ethics. the philosophy behind It's the ethical code of all of that stuff, right? And that's why digital citizenship talks about the stranger danger, and it talks about the, you know, don't go on here and don't share your passwords and all of that stuff. Ethics is a great term for that. Yeah, no, I, I'm a huge advocate when it comes to digital citizenship. And I think as parents and or community members, we we all have like that that moral code when it comes to digital citizenship. Um, because I don't know, we've we've all read the comment sections and <laughs> seen what people write when they think they're keyboard warriors. No citizenship the digital citizenship is the uh knowing that you can but you don't that moral code i love that term right knowing that you can but but you don't but you, you don't. should but you shouldn't yeah. and knowing at what point to do all of that stuff over the last couple of years i've had a chance to work with a team of coaches to really build a, a rock solid digital citizenship curriculum and it's amazing to see that even if you're talking about kindergarten, first and second, it in many ways is the same topics that you're hitting in 10th, 11th and 12th grade. Mm -hmm. A little bit older, a little bit more mature, maybe a few extra things in there, but it really is the same stuff. It's the same stuff. You're just adding in, I want to say, maybe um, a higher degree of vocabulary. I liken it to being a music director. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, mm -hmm. the, the conducting your classrooms and stuff like that. And, you know, the way I look at this is if you're in an elementary orchestra, you're talking about notes, you're talking about rhythm, you're talking about tempo and articulation. If you're teaching a <laughs> middle school group, you're talking about notes, you're talking about tempo, you're talking about dynamics and articulation. If you're teaching an opera company of trained New York professionals, which I did for many years, you're talking about notes. You're talking about dynamics. You're just doing it with different words. You're doing it with a different finesse to it. You're talking. You're doing it with a different altitude, maybe, but the topics are still it's the same. Hey, do this quicker, faster, slower, more emotion, less emotion. It's still the same concepts. Mm -hmm. I agree. Now. There's two more that we're looking at here. You know, we've already mentioned literacy, meaning students can things that they can do on their devices. But when we're looking at this concept of creating this curriculum and when we're looking at this concept of breaking these skills apart from, you know, elementary skills, middle schools, high school skills, competency is different, right? Competency, you can qualify. Competency, you can put a rubric to. Mm -hmm. Right. Competency is the one that I think 
95% of us get wrong because we have this idea that, oh, my kids can do all that stuff. They they can run circles around me. And really, I think, unfortunately, what they're saying is they don't know how to do this stuff. So automatically, their kids are awesome at this. When in reality, we all need to be worrying about this stuff. What, what do you think of the term competency? Like, And, and let me let me throw this at you from the 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 the, the CTE route. Right. What is the difference between being um, a literate chef versus a competent chef. I, I'm not. I'm getting the analogy wrong, but work with me on that one. No, I, no, I understand. Anybody can make a sandwich, right? Like I was. I look at those YouTube videos of like you know the three different ways to make mac and cheese, and it's you know the the backyard <laughs> person, the I've kind of know what I'm doing to the Michelin chef. Idea. Well, you can even you can even break it down to um, you know, being able to. Okay, so just like you said, uh, making a sandwich. Okay. I want you to write out each step to making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then let's see what we come up with. You need a knife to dip into the peanut butter. Then you need to spread it on. Then you also need to get a piece of bread and then you need to spread that peanut butter onto that slice of bread and build out your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. A lot of times, yeah, there's a lot of steps that are missed. So it's really, it's about, it's uh, the standards-based um, and or mastery-based learning if you want to go that far, because yeah, you, yeah, you're talking about a rubric and you have proficient, you have um, proficient, what else is there? I'm, I, I need a rubric, obviously, <laughs> but yeah, you need, you, you either hit proficiency or you don't, or you are a master and you hit that standard. So I think that is the difference between digital literacy and competency. Competency is where you're able to execute the uh, you are a master within that area. You've demonstrated literacy is where you understand it. I love watching those cooking videos because they always have the beginner, which it's exactly what you said. I'm going to take my sandwich. I'm going to take my knife. I'm going to take my peanut butter and I'm going to put them all together and I'm happy. And then it goes to, you know, I've got artisan cheese and I'm going to put these wonderful things together. And then the other guy's like, yeah, I'm going to bake my own bread first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just yeah. Like, okay. Well, and that's, and that's also the beauty of, you know, when it comes to mastery, uh, mastery based where it's like, okay, and mastery based, but it's also that personalized learning, right? Personalized learning is where it's like, yeah, if you want to bake your own bread, you can, or, Hey, you could just get store-bought bread because it's, uh, I always right. look time. <laughs> Right. And and yes, I can go get Wonder Bread white and I can put it put my knife to it or I can go get the whole grain bread that's a little bit more fancier and right? Mm -hmm. And and I think that's important. I've been thinking a lot about this, right? Every teacher should be teaching in a digital environment, whether that be everybody uses Microsoft Teams, everybody uses Google Classroom, everybody uses Canvas, whatever it is. This is the equivalent of 
bread, knife, peanut butter, jelly, smash them together, eat it. Everybody needs to know how to do that. But when you do find those people who are to a little bit more on the left of your um, your 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 curve, your um, your your curve, the bell curve, the bell curve. There you go. And you know maybe that's where you give them a better piece of bread. And if they're your generals, maybe that's where you teach them how to bake the loaf of bread to then go build the lesson upon. And, you know, all of these things have to run through the mind of a coach. Mm -hmm. All of these things have to run through the plan for when a coach is thinking about their elementary building and how the elementary building relates to the middle building, because in high school, Maybe we have that portrait of a graduate that says by the time they graduate, they need this. So we back that whole thing up. So looking at literacy, looking at competency, you know, the question that I think every coach struggles with is how do we teach this stuff? And I think it's easy, Barb, to say, well, the library media specialist should teach this or the technology teacher should teach this or, you know. They bring the coach into the room because the coach is going to teach this to the kids. And I don't see how that's the right answer at all for any of those scenarios. I think the right answer, and I'd love to have somebody push back at me on this, is how do we get those subjects integrated into the core subjects? How do we get digital citizenship into social studies? How do we get, and and this is more than, you know, we're going to make George Washington's Facebook profile. This, this is more than that, right? Yes. <laughs> Do we? <laughs> I can only imagine uh, seeing a George Washington Facebook <laughs> page. <laughs> that would be fun. But I think, but with you even saying that, I think that's uh, meeting those 21st century skills and creating where you're creating what it's creativity is one of the 21st century standards um but oh gosh oh i lost my train of thought and and and, but that's why we're calling this a roadmap right because not everybody is going to be there you have to accept your teachers for where they are help them to move forward right no different than what we're looking at with our students how do you take these different skills and say okay you're the math teacher i'm going to be working with you this week maybe i don't go full bore and go we're going to do addition and digital citizenship together but maybe some of the the word problems Mm -hmm. that we slip into a student's test or we slip into an example says you know Timmy was hacked three times. <laughs> yeah. Well, Something and, in there might go into digital citizenship. Well, and I think, gosh, when I was teaching financial literacy, uh, we would all, we would always talk about um, protecting your identity mm-hmm. uh, because that right there is di- digital citizenship uh, because can we all access our personal financial information digitally? Absolutely, we can. Absolutely. So, it digital citizenship is it it hits so many different components uh, within our lives to where it's not only relevant but it's meaningful for students. Especially when you're able to break it down into, do you like people messing with your money? <laughs> and very quickly, does every everybody gets very defensive over that. 
I, I'm going to take that one and make sure that that's in our show notes, right? Relevant mm-hmm. and meaningful. Making sure that whatever these topics are, they're going to find a way into those core subjects. There's nothing that says you can't bring digital citizenship into a cooking class. Oh, There's absolutely. nothing that says that it can't be brought into, you know, uh, any, any number of subjects. I'm thinking gifted and talented, of course. That's where my, my mind is right now, but... I would love to hear from anybody out there who's listening and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Clearly Barbara and I right now, we're just kind of getting some ideas down. And I think, I don't know, Barbara, what do you think? I think we're kind of onto something here because this is important topics. And these are things that we're trying to figure out. Now you might have to ask yourself, how do we do this? How do we get started building this? How do we put all these pieces together? Stick around. Next week, we're going to come back and we're going to deep dive into this. And if you want to be on the show, please feel free. Let us know. Hit that contact button. Head on over to Ask the Tech Coach. Find me on Twitter. Would love to have you join Barb and I next week to talk about all these different topics. But Barb, what do you think here? Building this roadmap has to be deliberate. Building this roadmap has to be something that... You know, you need to know as a teacher, you need to know your place in this curriculum. So that way you can start to build your lessons, knowing that I'm preparing my kids for, you know, that as a math teacher, right today, you know, in fifth grade, we're teaching pre-algebra. Don't laugh because next year the kids are going to take algebra one. Well, the, why shouldn't the, the teachers know that this year they need to do basic presentation slide deck drag and drop insert image because next year in the in the next grade they're going to be learning video editing and standing up and public speaking you have to know the digital roadmap just the same as you're going to need to know your curricular roadmap yeah no and i think that's such a what you're talking about for within the world of CTE, that's where we're talking about our uh, scope and sequence or your backwards planning uh, where it's like, okay, what do they know? And, and where do you want, what do you want them to end with learning about? Uh, So that way next year or next time you have them, they are one step further where you're not having to do remedial work. Yes, you always, we have to do a little bit of cushioning and remedial work, but honestly, that's where uh, you're making your job easier uh, if you are um, reaching down to bring them up for next year. But I... I I, I, I'm also just thinking about how, you know, 2020 really provided a push toward, uh, well, to access a wide and diverse digital curriculum in a way that was thoughtfully created and curated. So for teachers, they need encouragement and support in thinking about their role as facilitators of learning and how technology can support them. So using whatever emerging emerging technologies effectively helps prepare students for their life outside of the classroom because the classroom shouldn't be confined to four walls. Well put. Well put. And next week, we are going to be breaking this topic down and figuring out how do we start that process. 
process. I would love to have you guys be on this show. Please reach out to us by going over to askthetechcoach.com. You can head on over to our contact form. Would love to hear from you. And of course, you can find us each and every day over on Facebook on our Instructional Coaches Network. Ask a question, propose a question, get the help and support you need as we're going to be winding down our school year here in Barb, just a couple more weeks. Uh, we are looking to make sure that we are supporting you as you are entering maybe a new profession, maybe a new coaching opportunity, but certainly as you're looking into the summertime, trying to figure out how you are going to be supporting your kids and your teachers next year. Barb, thanks so much for being on the show today. Tell everybody where they can get in touch with you. Yeah, no, if you, uh, always I'm on connect FCS ed. So C O N N E C T F C S for family and consumer sciences, ed, ed education. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. We have a private Facebook group called FCS tips along with Twitter and LinkedIn, Instagram, I even have a TikTok channel. I'm not very active on it, though. I'm more of a voyeur than anything. <laughs> we're going to make sure that we have the links to all of the great stuff that Barb is doing and to the other chapters that we're working on for this particular coaching series. We're talking about how do you raise the student achievement in your classrooms through strategic digital instruction and digital coaching. This is episode number 242. On behalf of Barb and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to Ask the Tech Coach, hosted by Jeff Bradbury of the TeacherCast Educational Network. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or online at www.askthetechcoach.com. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.